Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. How big's your belly? It's getting there. That's for Is it? Is it big as Freddy's? No, No. we're recording. (laughs) I see the thing where it says we're recording. (laughs) So? Is it bigger than mine but not as big as Freddy's? Uh, It's kind of like... This is gonna sound so mean, but yours is like wider because you're bigger on like wider. I'm. <laughs> Are you talking to me or Brett? I'm just further out. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! So who so, are you talking to? Are you talking to Freddie or Brett? I How mean, do you know my belly's wider? We're not standing just beside like, each you're other. Just, you're you're lo- like you're wider, meaning like I'm I'm like I. <laughs> Maybe his I'm, baby's laying sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's laying on the couch. <laughs> this is Door Bumper Clear, and I'm Jason Schultz. We're all coming to you from our homes again today. Brett, TJ, and Freddie will cover Kyle Larson's news, team owners threatening to leave, and ahead of the NFL draft, we'll have our own NASCAR draft. Let's get started. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brett Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of uh, virtual cars only, and uh, full house today, we have... uh... What's up, Brett Griffin in the house, Uh, quarantine mode, Um, all I've done all weekend is text my buddies pictures of everything that I'm grilling, and it's been uh, ribs, it's been fillets, it's been ribeyes, last night I cooked tuna, I am literally bored to death and cooking myself to death. Yeah, Freddie Kraft in, in, I guess, it's my house, not the house. Uh, same thing, just been wearing a Traeger out. Still on the wagon, three weeks now. My goal is to, so here's my goal. Here's Brett keeps giving me shit about this because I ain't been drinking, but I never really drink at my house. But my plan is if I get one more weekend, this will be the first time in me and Megan's 11-year relationship that she's drank more than I have in a month. So I, that's my, she's had a couple glasses of wine with dinner and I haven't had anything, so it's my new goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna have one month in our relationship where Megan drinks more than me. <laughs> now that is a goal. Hey guys, Casey <laughs> Boat here, and not 
cooking a lot, but I've been baking a lot because that's why eating I'm a lot. So, and eating a lot, yes. I that which is narrow, though. so it's okay. <laughs> Freddie, you ever think about you know once Megan has that wine for dinner, getting her out in the car? <laughs> Maybe the- <laughs> it wouldn't be Maybe. as much fun because Brett's got the damn windows in my truck so blacked out that I can't even. Nobody you would ever see us. Caught. Nobody'd have any idea that we were in there. Yeah, it's true. And well, we can't forget our, about our lovely producer, Jason. Lovely. He is yeah. lovely, isn't he? Once, Thank you, Casey. Glad yeah. to be you here. Can, just, can you just, well, just wave or something, Jason, at least? I mean, we know your hand can be in there. you <laughs> go. <laughs> I do think it's unfair that Brett and Freddie keep posting about grilling things when those of us who don't have a grill and have no access to grilled food right now Ooh. can't. Um, Come over. I'll leave some on the porch for you. You ain't going to believe <laughs> this, Jason. But Lowe's is an essential business, and you can go to Lowe's and buy you a grill. I can't have a grill in the apartment. I'm on the third Don't, floor. Dude, they're not enforcing any laws right now. <laughs> Everything goes. I don't know if you know that, but you can literally a, do anything you want. Law enforcement are just riding around like right George, now just waving at everybody. A George Foreman or something. That's not house. the same. That's not even close to being the same. Jason, what about a smoker? It's not really a grill, you know? It's not really a flaming he probably, grill. He probably can't have that either. Yeah, I think they're all against the law. So, Freddie, you just leave it on the porch, and I'll come over and grab some. Yeah, Brett, you got curbside. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, I'll bring you. I'll bring you something. Good, good. Because I got to get the f- out of this house. I'm about to go crazy. <laughs> well, I feel so bad you for your a- wife and kids. Honestly, oh my god, his poor wife. You and shouldn't kids. right now. His iPad was dead because they were playing Minecraft too late last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's, it's another location. Maybe you should take up Minecraft. I'll tell you what, I don't know, Brett, about, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I told these guys before you got here, I either have the coronavirus or I've been inhaling way too much smoke because my allergies and my chest are like, I don't know if it was yesterday, I was like in, over the with the ribs, I was doing them all day, so I was like just out there every couple hours, like just getting pounded with smoke, so I'm hoping it's that and not the fact that I ate coronavirus at some point. If yesterday. you, if you <laughs> have the coronavirus, we're about to disconnect you from this chat because you might be <laughs> contagious. Yeah. You got a thermometer, hey, hey, Freddie? Uh, Seriously, seriously, Casey, you go first. Has does anybody on this conference call right here on this Zoom thingy that we're doing? Do y'all know somebody that tested positive for the coronavirus? Uh, Yeah, Uh, Casey goes first. She claims so the test came back negative, but she claims that she that it was like they're saying that it was a false negative. But no, I personally don't. I know of like a few people who know people who do. But I so don't. the test came back negative, but she still thinks she had it. Like their doctor <laughs> said that on like they're like it's possible it could be a false negative because we're getting a few of those. So are you sure you're pregnant? What? <laughs> yeah, I I mean unless there's something else. Did you else get a false positive? Me. Yeah, did you get a I'm false positive? I'm just saying positive what here? the doctor said. God. I don't know a soul. Like honestly, like I know this one person that claims. She had it, but she didn't test positive. My niece thought she had it. She went and got tested. Another friend of mine thought they had it. They went and got tested. They both tested negative. They did not have it. But I personally don't know anybody. Like, it's just so weird. It's just this literally a global. I didn't know what the word pandemic meant when I first saw it. Like, I knew what epidemic meant. But when I saw pandemic, I was like, man, I got to Google this word. What the hell does this mean? Like, there's a pandemic going on, and I don't know one single person with it. It just seems odd. Well, hopefully it stays that way. I will say that there's a lot of other rest like viruses going around. And I think you mentioned Freddie, but like allergies too, where people just don't know. But I'll tell you one thing, Brett, and Brett can probably relate to this. My kids haven't been sick in over a month. (laughs) Yeah. 
They just keep them home. I mean, yeah, yeah, they don't go to school, so they haven't been sick in over a month, man. It's been awesome. Just a little bit. You, the big, one of the big things is like it's just regional. Like I know a lot of people that have it, but it's all people that I know from New York. Like yeah, we were talking about vicinity. last night with my family. Um, there's 27,000 cases in the county that I'm from, and there is 6,000 cases in North Carolina. Like that's just you know the number like so I know there's a guy Paul McElroy he's like one of them. Did you get it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. Um, But like Paul McElroy is a badass late model driver from back in like Riverhead like Ice of Speedway Riverhead days that Dillner would know him really well. I actually just tweeted a series of pictures of Junior about him because they he ran Dale came to uh, Stafford Connecticut and ran a car that Paul McElroy drove on a regular basis and he just passed away. He was older. He was seventy years old, but he he died of coronavirus. I don't know Tuesday or Wednesday. Wow. So, um, you know, so I've known like two or three people that have died from it. Um, a couple of guys that work with my dad are really sick in the hospital. So, like, I, I, there's like seven or eight people that I know that have it. But they're, yeah, like I, I said, they're all from Long Island. I don't know anybody personally, but there's uh, some friends of people that I know that have had it. And uh, um, what I guess the worst part about it is it's a lot of them are elderly people that have underlying issues. But, man, when they get it, though. They basically sweep them people away, and that's the last time their relatives or anybody sees them again. That's the worst part about it to me is they're not allowed visitors. You're not allowed anybody. So when they go to the hospital, you're pretty much alone. So um, yeah, still can be a very serious situation, so, but uh, I don't know anybody personally that, um, you know, firsthand that has had it. Yeah, we talked about this. I think me and Brett were texting about it, and, and like, just the stuff that you, like, uh, Doug Chenard, I don't know if you guys know Doug. He passed away a couple weeks ago. He had nothing to do with coronavirus. He was down here. He had a stroke. But, um, like, young guy, I don't know, I think he's like 40. Um, but, like, now you get no memorial service. You know what I mean? Like, your, your friends and family can't come pay respects or nothing like that. I think they had people drive by. Brett talked about, like, a drive by funeral. But, I mean, like, just stuff like that. Like, you know, like, you want to say goodbye to these people and you can't because now, you know, we can't have gatherings of over whatever, 10 people. But, yeah, you know, it's Jovi's just a shame. dance teacher, uh, her husband passed away. And literally all of the students got in cars, obviously separate cars. And we did, like, a drive by wake. It was the weirdest saddest thing I probably have ever been a part of. Like, man, what a what a weird freaking time. I'm ready for this to go back to normal. I know I y'all are too. Did you see at Indy they uh used the Indianapolis Speedway to um have a funeral there where it was nice big open area and stuff and they lined all the cars up and stuff. I thought yeah, that was a cop a, or something, wasn't it? Yeah she was yeah. a fallen a fallen police officer, yep. Yeah, that looked cool. pretty amazing. For everything that we're deal- dealing with, I feel like They've made the most of, of at least her passing. Uh, another topic, though. Did you guys see that there's a sprint car race that's going to be run this weekend? On yeah. iRacing? No, a real sprint car race. <laughs> Where at? A Florida? South, is, South that the is that the oh, $200,000? Yeah, is that the $100,000 one to win or something like that? Or? Nope. There's, there's, Chad, there's, Chad decided that he's going, so. Chad needs out of the house. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's sick of me. Where are you going? I'm assuming. Uh, South Dakota. Cool. I'm assuming his boyfriend. 18-hour drive. But his boyfriend's yeah, racing? He, he done sick of you. <laughs> I just keep thinking that, like, you see people making efforts to try and go back to normal. And I heard about, like, restrictions they're doing where, you know, if you're in the grandstands, you cannot go to the pit area. Or if you're in the pit area, you can't go to the grandstands. And, um, like, there's only a, a maximum amount of people allowed in your pit area at all times for your team. So, like, there's a ton of restrictions around it. But, I mean, I feel like that's almost the new normal these days, right? Like, that's essentially what's going to happen 
over the next few months, I would think, until we get to a better I think this spot. is a little early, but I don't know. South I, Dakota I, might not have any cases. Who knows? Yeah, South Dakota, I don't think, has any cases. But um, they're going like to gonna, now. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be come. the issue. You know what I mean? Like these people, like I think somebody said, you know, like Florida started opening up beaches yesterday. And that's the first ridiculous. day, packed. Like, you ridiculous. know, people just have well, no let, me, let me tell you something. Like, if I can social distance at Michael's shopping for arts and crafts, or I can social distance at Lowe's shopping for lumber and a hammer, surely to God I can social distance on a beach. Like, I'm sorry. We're Americans. We're going to, we're, we're, we're trying to get through this. I've been sitting in this house for 30 plus days. How many days do you honestly want us to sit here? Do you want the entire economy to come crashing down and us lose everything that we've got? Um, Man, I, I get the virus, I get the severity of it, but we have to have a plan to recover. And I'm sorry, but I can social distance on a on a beach just as good as I can at freaking at Harris Teeter. So are I'm you I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, did you see all the people on that beach? There is absolutely no chance they were social distancing on that yeah. beach. It could have been mural from another day too, but that's yeah, exactly right. Your liberal media could have absolutely baited you could into believing it could have been July fourth from nineteen ninety five. Remember, remember the. I mean, we've seen so many times that the media has lied to us. How do we know that picture's live? Okay, like, well, I, let me ask I would you think this. people have enough common sense to stay eight, six feet apart. With without without getting completely political here, if they said North Carolina right now, go ahead, it's open. What would the what would the beaches on on the lake look like? The little you know, like the little coves and stuff. Like people are not there. People people aren't doing it now. You know that. Like like people. If it's one thing if you open it up and have somebody there to enforce social distancing, but you know these people will not do it. Here's what we don't know, Freddie, and and I think you, I mean Casey and TJ don't know this, but I've only been around two families throughout this entire thirty plus day period. It's been Freddie and Megan on three or four occasions, and it's been my friend David Christine. On three or four occasions. So outside of those people, I've not come in contact, close proximity with anybody else, right? So if I roll by an island and I see two families there, like how do I know they haven't done what me and you have been doing, right? So, man, I mean, people are being – we have a new normal, right? When 9-11 happened and we went through all the crazy airplane crap at the airport and we all hated it, and it was the new normal. And I think now the new normal is – we're going to all stay six feet apart. No bro hugs anytime soon. Like, we're talking about going to the racetrack with no pit crews. You guys saw it on Twitter just like I did from Bob Pockers. Like, we're talking about showing up with not a pit crew to run a 600-mile race at the end of May. How crazy is that to imagine? So, so then, Brett, are you for them running things like sprint car races in South Dakota and kind of going back to a normal to an extent? Man, here's the thing. Like, we're seeing these states argue with the, the federal government, right? And and so there's an accountability issue. So when the federal government says, here's what we need to be doing, and then the states either go crazy with it, like that guy in Virginia, or the states manage it like our governor here in North Carolina. We're on a stay-at-home order through the end of the month. Um, the guy in Virginia went on a 70-plus day stay-at-home order, right? So I'm all for responsibility. I'm all for not doing crazy stuff. Like, Casey, for us to say we're going to go race tomorrow in Homestead, I truly believe that we could fly down there and only be around one another and fly home. But if you're saying you're going to race in South Dakota and every spent car guy in America is going to come, you may have people literally from 50 states show up to this thing. Um, holy cow. Like, then you're opening up your your can of worms for for a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of cases to be brought into your state. So I think it's 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 crazy how the the state and federal guys are having to balance themselves right now. 
Hey, Brent, let me ask you this. If they did say today, you know, we're running, we're running Homestead on Sunday, you good with it getting on a plane? Um, Freddie, it's just like we talked about last time with Alan Copavana. I don't have a choice. If you say we're running Sunday, TJ, you going to go? Uh, we have jobs. Freddie, you going to go? I'm going to go. Obviously, but I'm just saying, are you good with getting on a would – would you want to drive? Would you, I mean, if they I tell you – I ain't driving not, a homestead. Not, we're not flying. You got you to load up in a van and stay three – got one guy in each row, you know, like – Here's I mean, the thing, man. I think you do what these hospitals are doing. Like I just unfortunately saw a friend of mine that her daughter was in a very bad wreck on Facebook, and they told her she couldn't come to the hospital, and she showed up anyway, and they screened her. And they let her go. I think that we have to have uh, some accountability there to you know, make sure we don't have a temperature. Because it goes back to what we talked about before we all were sent home in Atlanta. If I have a sore throat if from all this freaking pollen and you inhaling too much grill smoke, how do I know if it's the coronavirus or if like, it's a crazy freaking world, man. Crazy world. I hate it. I, I can honestly, I can see us standing on a roof six feet apart the first race yeah. back. I can uh, you see know us. What? I can see us having our own suite. I can see us with their, and, and, but look, Maybe. man, we, and, and, and there's a lot of stuff in Moss with Potter stands. I mean, Homestead is probably what our biggest one. I could see them using the grandstands for us, a certain section where we could all They're going to have to. They're going to have to, and that's going to screw up Sweets. our line of sight because we're going to be lower. Suites are obviously an option, but you look at Darlington, man, we can't help but stand hip <laughs> to hip, shoulder to shoulder. You know, yeah. we get the Homestead, we can spread out some, but like, I, I, I can see us really going back with a whole new set of rules, and it's just like we talked about, man. 9-11 changed the world. This virus has unfortunately changed the world, too. Before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Now that you've been home for a while, you'll probably realize it's time for you to sell your home and make a move. Luckily for you, we know the easiest way to make that happen. Log on to OfferPad.com. Once we're free of quarantine, all you will need to do is tell OfferPad about your home, and within 24 hours, you'll receive an offer. Yeah, no showings, no open houses. Just sell to OfferPad and enjoy how easy they make this process. And when it comes time to move, don't worry about having to move your big-ass couch out of the living room. OfferPad includes a free local move. Man, let's start figuring out where we're going to move. I say we all go to Myrtle Beach. Let's go. Choose OfferPad.com. All right, well, last week, I know we, uh, you guys have all had some thoughts that you shared on Twitter, but we didn't get to talk about it over the past few days. But Kyle Larson and um, the challenges, I guess, he is definitely facing now with his error on um, last week's iRacing race. I do have a few questions around it, and I feel like, TJ, since you are really the pro on the iRacing side, at least behind the scenes, um, some of these questions I, I think you might have quite... Uh, some, some good insight on. So first one, how does the game go from private chats to chats everyone can hear? Because we know that's where the, kind of the mistake went. So in iRacing, when you join a race, all the drivers are on the same channel. Everyone's on the same channel one, basically. And you can choose to mute that, get off that, you know, don't have to be on there if you want. But it's a way to talk to each other in the race. Um, something kind of unique. You know, we, we kind of did that a little bit with tandem racing. It's very similar to that where you can switch frequencies and go to that guy's go to that guy's radio. But this is basically everybody at any time. If me and Brett are going down to the corner and we wreck and Freddie's leading the race, me and Brett key up and start yelling at each other, Freddie's listening to it. Um, so, you know, that that's 
that's something unique about iRacing. But there's also private channels. You can be on a private channel with your team, uh, with any you know, um, any teammates you have in there. You can you can um, speak privately back and forth with them. Um, but when the session changes in iRacing, one thing that happens is it kind of puts everybody back on the same channel, um, and it's kind of a I don't know if it's supposed to or not, but sometimes it does. So you got to go make sure. It's like you check in your radio if you're uh, if you go over channel two and you don't have if you don't have a second radio and you go over channel two for a second and you talk on it, you got to look down at your radio and make sure you go back to channel one and you're on the right channel again. That's exactly the same thing you're doing. You're just doing it with a mouse or a button on your steering wheel or something. And uh, if you don't switch back, you're broadcasting to everybody, and uh, that's kind of that's kind of how it happens. But when we hear broadcasting to everybody, if you're playing this game with your headphones on you're obviously going to only hear all the chatter. Like these guys that are trying to be social media influencers and these Twitch guys, they're broadcasting to the world because they have people that are watching them. That's that's how ultimately the audio was broadcasted out loud, right? Yeah, there's a – so we're all in the same race together. And, you know, me and you wreck Freddie streaming from his house. So his, uh, his program that's taken the streaming – is picking up his computer screen, what's on his inside the sim there. He's picking up the sim, what he's racing. He's probably got a camera on him too, like a lot of them streamers do. And it has their audio because you don't want to, you're not going to watch a stream where you can't hear the car's in-car noise, motor, you know what I mean? So it's taking all the game audio, which includes the driver chat and stuff too because there's no way to separate it since it's inside the sim, inside the game. It takes all the all the sounds from inside that you know application and, and then it broadcasts it. So... Anything, if he's on his own private private channel, it's only broadcasting that. But he's broadcasting whatever channel he's on in there. So, you know, me and you wreck, and we start arguing or whatever. Freddie's broadcasting it. We're arguing on the main channel. Everybody's hearing it. Everybody's hearing it. So that's uh, it's honestly, man, it's just like it's just like in car radios in real life. You you got to just pretend everybody's listening at all times. So there's with, uh, no with, way to to kind you of you can mute you can mute it. You don't have to be on that chat. You can mute that chat. But you can't you talk have... to your spotter in a way where nobody else can hear. No, on you your can. team channel, but oh, uh, not if not inside. Not you can use an outside program, but you're getting pretty in depth there. Like you, a lot of people use outside programs as well to chat back and forth. Not in not in the sim or inside the game. So it, that'd be like having a digital radio where nobody else can hear it, but you're, whoever's got that digital radio, um, you can do that. But it's a lot more in depth, and you gotta you gotta download more programs to separate the audio from that. You'd have to reach over on your keyboard and push a button to talk on that one only, and make sure your mic's not picking that up. It's just nobody really does that. It's a it's a pretty in depth process to do that. But you just gotta treat it like everybody's listening because they are, and everything's recorded. If somebody you know them streams are broadcasted and recorded so people can go back and and uh see what people are doing and saying and and it's just you just got to treat it you know like like the world's listening you are a huge advocate for iRacing one of the biggest that I know um we've seen this iRacing thing go from really fun 
really lighthearted, really popular. I mean, we had almost a million viewers the first week this thing hit the television. Next thing you know, Bubba's in a controversy. Next thing you know, Larson's in a controversy. Then the next controversy we saw was those guys limiting the amount of cup drivers that could be in Richmond race. They kicked guys out like Michael McDowell that have been full-time cup drivers for a long time. Like we we have a tug of war going on here between the network, iRacing, NASCAR, the drivers, the teams. As as great as this thing, as much as you love iRacing, does it hurt your heart a little bit to see the community having to deal with the drama around this platform? Uh, a little bit. You know, there's um, when everything when things grow like that, you're gonna have obstacles that pop up. You're gonna have things that you're not. This thing went from exploding. You know what I mean? Like it exploded quick and it it wasn't this like gradual climb up the ladder. It went from here to like that. And next thing you know, it's on TV. Next thing you know, it's on, I mean, we're watching this stuff on national TV now. Um, but it does, you know, I hate to see the things that have happened. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from this. Um, but you know, with every, when you're growing, you're going to have things pop up, man. And, and I guess this is part of it. And um you're right though there's a big tug of war right now between who wants what and uh it kind of got too big too quick everybody wanted a piece of the pie well the pie ran out you know and next thing you know you've got 60 guys trying to race in this race they all feel like they should be in it and um you know it's just growing it got so popular so quick and um i don't know man it's hard to i guess they had to step in and regulate okay well we got to really limit who's in this field. And some of the guys didn't make the cut. I think um, having that qualifying race, I guess, even for guys like Dale Jr., who's been in this from the beginning and been a bit ab- advocate of it as well, you know, they're making him qualify in <clears throat> or get a get some sort of promotion to get it, something like that. Um, but it's definitely, uh, I, I think they've done a good job with trying to regulate it some. And um, But even like Bubba's deal, that – to me, that that's just uh, what happened on the tracks. Real racing stuff. People, we're running Bristol, man. Guys are going to hit. They're going to get into they're going to get into scuffles. And honestly, it gives it's just like the rest of the time. It gives something people something to talk about. But this time, you know, obviously, I don't know all the details about it. We talked a little bit about it for, but there was somebody expecting a little more out of something that they didn't get, and they were vocal about it. So, um, you know, there are are consequences of it as well there never used to be consequences of any of this stuff me and you get on there to race we wreck we quit the race nobody cares you know now you can't now people are expecting to see their car out there or um you know just uh there's just the expectations are growing the everything's just growing so quick i didn't watch the first half of the race yesterday i decided to go for a run um and and honestly, man, the first couple of weeks, obviously, Fred and I broadcasted around it, had a lot of fun with it. Um, then Bristol, then, then then the Bubba thing, then the Larson thing, then the guys arguing over who's going to get to race and not race. I was kind of over it, man. So I went for a run. I did watch the second half, and I saw that when I got home that Clint still sucks. That has yeah, not changed. There's, um, there's a handful of guys. And honestly, it's it's a lot of – I will tell you this because I get on there throughout the week and – I see the sessions that are up and um, a lot of these guys are putting in a lot of time. Like there, you can see the guys that are doing it too. Like I'll tell you, Brad just got his SIM at his house last week and I saw Brad on there three times last week, maybe uh, running laps, man, just getting good. He was actually very competitive uh, by doing that. But you got guys. That man, I, heard, I heard Brad was on the download last week and I heard that the captain talked about Blaney and I heard he talked about Joey. And I heard he didn't say a word about Brad. Is Brad going to be a free agent, man? Is he going somewhere else? Tell us what you know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I I don't make them decisions. I know uh, Brad's one of the top drivers, you know, in the sport. He's a past champion. He's a, a very big studier as well. Um, you know, Brad's won a lot of races, and he's you know he's proven his worth. So I don't know. It'd be it'd be tough for me to let a guy like Brad walk. Yeah, I'd agree with that, man. Just get, but, getting back to iRacing, I feel like they got a, they get, they're getting a bad rap out of some of this stuff because. Like I saw where you know as soon as the Larson news broke, everybody's like, "Up oh, there, that's that's that damn iRacing racing for you." Like, what control does iRacing racing have over what Kyle Larson says? You know what I mean? Or well, iRacing has zero. a very strict. They have a very strict yeah. code of conduct too. People yeah. get banned from there. I think uh, since you know they've had so many new subscribers and trying it out, I heard. Uh, so you can you can go on there and it's everything's recorded too for them. They can go back through and look at stuff. And yeah. there is a very strict code of conduct. Like you can't, you can't get on there and cuss some guy out or whoever it is on there, the other person. You're gonna, you're gonna get suspended for a week. So they're very strict on what, what they do, what's being said on there. Um, yeah. iRacing does a really good job of keeping that, um, you know, keeping it a, a good place to go. Like, you know, there's there's some young kids on there, obviously at times, and you can tell you, you'll be racing some person will key up, and you can tell like, holy cow, that kid's. 14 years old or something and he's pretty good um yeah. but you know you, they're very strict about it and uh they don't they don't play around with it um if you mess around you're gonna get suspended or um you know some time off i've no i have plenty of friends that have had time off from there yeah i mean it, it just feels like they i mean they they did a great job giving these guys a platform to race at and then everything that happens that is negative gets instantly blamed on them i promise you they have you know they're just working with NASCAR or Fox or whoever to make these races the best they can. I feel like we're talking about stuff we're going to talk about later. But, um, you know, like it, it, it's not their fault these guys get on there and act, wreck each other and act like idiots and quit or, or say no. stuff they shouldn't say. Like, just like it, us. We don't drive the cars. They're not <laughs> yeah. driving the cars. They're not, they're not talking for people. There's, they're just simply giving out, trying to give us the best place and go and race, you know, have fun and, and do fun stuff. I mean, yeah. racing can be a ton of fun, <laughs> even if, like, you know, we could get on there. We do we do fun stuff too. We run we run uh, off road trucks at Bristol for fun around the oval. You can, I mean, it's just something to do. You know what I mean? It's like picking up your Xbox remote and you know Brett racing with his kid on there and um, and having a good time. There's a lot of fun things to do on iRacing and and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. I got it now, so child, I'll be in there wrecking you. Oh really? I don't. My brother's got it. So. Uh-oh. How's John got it? He ain't got a job. Yeah. He ain't had a job in three I, years. I told you, that got money. Don't watch out. He, he sneaks up on you. Is he sleeping? Uh, I don't, he's either sleeping or eye raising right now. I don't know. He's been training for this quarantine his whole life. This guy literally does not leave the house. And now that <laughs> we're quarantined, he's in heaven. He's the only person in the country that was unaffected by the coronavirus. <laughs> like he's 100%. No, no, hey, got a job. <laughs> don't leave the house. Sits on the couch all day. Sleeps till noon. What what's his name on iRacing? John Kraft? Yeah, two. John oh, Kraft. There's two. two of them? Well no. Well he he's an idiot. Like he so he wanted to make sure <laughs> TJ Brandon never won't know this, but like so he wasn't sure. He bought a computer and stuff and was wanted to make sure it was gonna work. So you can get like a monthly subscription or a yearly deal, I guess. So John's like, well, let me make sure this is gonna work. I think I forget it's like what, ten bucks a month or something like that. So he just buys like this monthly prescription uh, subscription and um so it's John Kraft. So he goes through, runs a couple races. All right, sweet, this all works great. So I was like, now I'm going to go get the yearly subscription. 
And it's now it's John Craft too. He lost his name because he started this monthly subscription with his real uh. name. <laughs> so like, I guess like like if there's a Brett Griffin on there, Brett, you would just be Brett Griffin two or three or whatever, however many Brett Griffins there are on there. So, so like, he he hasn't logged in since uh, seven fifty p.m. last night. Really? He's got eighty one starts and four wins. I think I won all those races, by the way. Yeah, he uh, his last win came at the uh, oh in the stadium truck at. 2008 Phoenix track, which was probably oh, he's been a wearing out that stadium truck. Yeah, he runs. Uh, I want I think I want a legend car race on there, at maybe Lanier or something. His last two finishes were 18th and 24th. Not good <laughs> showings. <laughs> All right, real quick, back to Larson. I just want to know, what do you guys think? You know, there's a lot of talk around what's next, what's going to happen. What do you guys think Larson needs to do to come back from all of this? Brett, how about you? Man, he's got to rebrand himself. You know, I think the positive for Kyle Larson is that he is one of the most talented race car drivers in the world. And because he is one of the most talented in the world, he probably has an opportunity to overcome this. But I think no sponsor is going to touch him for the foreseeable future, which means that a guy like James Finch, like Matt Colick, like Gene Haas, like Barney out in Colorado to own that race team, it's going to take an owner that doesn't need a sponsor to bring him back if he's going to come back in the next 12 to 15 months because, like I just said, sponsors aren't going to touch him. You know, I think there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily realize um, about Kyle Larson. He lost uh, – he got suspended from NASCAR. He got suspended from virtually every single form of racing in the world. He's including suspended from it right now, including <laughs> iRacing. They kicked him off, right? And then outside of that – he lost his job. He got fired. Kyle Larson owned two companies. He owned Kyle Larson, a race car driver company, and he owned Kyle Larson Racing, which was his, obviously, racing company. Both of those companies lost all of their revenue. That means a lot of people that were extensions of Kyle Larson lost their jobs. And I got to say, as a dad, I got to think the hardest thing he's going to have to endure through this process is his son Owen knows nothing but going to the racetrack every single weekend. And Owen is going to one day look on TV, and he's going to see NASCAR on TV, or he's going to see sprint cars on TV, and he's going to look at his dad, and he's going to say, Dad, why aren't we going to the racetrack? And of all the things that have happened to Kyle through this process um, and all the penalties that have been handed down, I think that one's going to hit him the hardest is when he has to, to endure telling his son, you know, from accountability standpoint, how bad he screwed up and why they're not at the racetrack. And, and, I, and I think if there's anybody that can overcome this, look, there's two, there's two facets of our sport. There's a competition side and there's a marketing side. Kyle Larson has never been a marketing giant, right? Neither has, um, neither has Jimmy Johnson. They're, they've been competitors. They've done everything. That they, all their success has come from how good they can drive a race car. And I think Kyle's strong enough to be able to come back from that. You know, you look at guys on the marketing side like Michael Waltrip. He survived the sport for decade, decade plus, without winning a cup race and eventually got a shot and obviously won some races, won three or four play races, right? But, but when you look at what does it take to come back um, from this it's you better be one hell of a race car driver, and he is. But I think he's I – mean, the Willie T. Ribs article that they did, I think it was on racer.com. Um, that was probably one of the better articles I read um, where, where Willie T. was like, hey, you know, this guy's not O.J. Simpson. He didn't kill anybody. You know, let, let's give him an opportunity to come back. But I think when you look at it, um, 
Casey, it's it's going to be a really long, hard road, and for him to come back, man, he's he's going to have to really go find himself, and he's going to have to search for himself, and he's going to have to rebrand, and, and ultimately, once again, somebody with a lot of money is going to have to give him a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, in the past, you've kind of seen Kyle. I mean, this obviously. He's been kind of cavalier with some of the stuff he says. You know, I mean, if you watched, I forget, there was a rain delay somewhere. He kind of made a joke, you know, that wasn't, you know, PC as, you know, about, uh, you know, they said something about him playing video games. And he's made a comment like, is that some kind of Asian joke? You know what I mean? So he's been a little cavalier. I just, he just can't afford, obviously, any more slips. Like, he's going to get a second chance. I, you know, he's too talented not to. Um, but, I mean, now you got to be... You know, like there, there's you can't nothing. You can't even walk the narrow line anymore. Like you know, you got to be make sure you are 100% PC. Um, and I think he's got to be more vocal. You know, what I mean, I feel like you don't you don't ever hear from him. Like you know what I mean? Like he's he's just a you know, like that's his personality. I feel like also like even you know we've spent a little bit of time with him and he's still pretty quiet then. You know, but. Um, I feel like he's just got to get more out there. Like you say, he's not on the marketing side much. I think if he wants to come back, he's going to have to get out there, maybe find a sponsor that's willing to, to risk it. I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon, obviously. And, and like you said, a guy like James Finch is perfect for Kyle Larson. You know what I mean? Where he, you know, I, Finch went through this with Kurt Busch. You know, Kurt had that stuff happen with, you know, his domestic situation or whatever. And that's where he got his shot back was, you know, got in the 51 car, got in the 78 car and worked his way back to where he is now. So it's, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a tall ladder to climb, but I, I think you'll see him back. But, but TJ Frey brings up a good point. A lot of things that Kyle says are almost anti-marketing. Like he says he doesn't want to go sign autographs at the souvenir trailer because he doesn't make enough money. He makes more money selling T-shirts at the dirt track. He says he wants to win the Chili Bowl more than Daytona 500. Like there's a lot of things that I think he's got to clean up, even in that. It's just the frame of mind of the whole thing. Yeah, I think he's young, too. Um He's 27. Young, so People refer to him yeah. as a kid. He's not a kid. He's 27. I mean, he, he's got some learning to do, um, but he has enough time to recover from this if he takes the appropriate actions, own it, um, you know, recover from it, man. Like, learn your lesson from it. You're going to have to be – you're going to have to make yourself marketable. You're going to have to be that person now. You're going to have to go the extra mile. You don't want to do it, but you're doing it anyway. You're going to have to do that. Uh, you have to go the extra distance right now, and he he should he should do that. He he owes that to people now. Um, he owes that. So, in order for somebody to even look at him again, like you said, from a higher company, he's going to have to show that he's willing to go the extra distance, um, and, and that he's a changed person, and, and you know can do it now and and, and beat like kind of like Freddie said. You're you're to being clean cut, man. This isn't acceptable, and you you can't be like that. He royally screwed up, and he's royally paying the price. He I, – and I don't – look, I'm not f- close friends with Kyle Larson. We we occasionally send each other messages. Um, I actually was texting him. I saw him riding down the street a couple weeks ago on a scooter, and it was a really cool scooter. And I texted him. I was like, man, I think I want a couple of those for my kids. Uh, where'd you get it? How much was it? And we were texting back and forth about that. Um, but But I'm telling you right now, I bet that scooter's for sale. I bet every single thing Kyle Larson owns is for sale because I don't care how much money you got. 
He's not been here long enough to make a pile of money. He also didn't have a great contract when he first signed with Ganassi. I think his second contract was pretty good. But he's not been here long enough to be able to afford two motorhomes, a hauler to carry things to back and forth to the racetrack, this big you know dirt shop that he's got, his lake house. You can't afford all those things when you have zero money coming in. He's royally screwed up, and he's royally paying the price. Now, thinking of it from a Chip Ganassi side of things, they're obviously facing a, a ton on their side, too, from a PR standpoint. If you were the GM of Chip Ganassi Racing, what would you guys to try and do to really move on, kind of like take a step back and, and try and get out of the spotlight from all of this? Freddie? You know, I, I saw Chip get a lot of heat for this and, and you know, oh, you know, you were, you know, you should have stood by your guy. You should have done this, that. He can't, you know. I I think people look at these guys like they're billionaire car owners. It doesn't don't don't matter, you know. The money's not an object. Like Chip Ganassi had to file Carl Larson if he wanted to keep the doors of that forty two car open. You know what I mean? There's the second all. You know, you kind of look at this, and right now this is probably the worst possible time for Kyle Larson to do something like this because every sponsor in our sport is probably trying to look for a way to get out of their contract. You know, you know, they're not getting the value they, they wanted on it. So now you're, you have all these companies that are like, how the hell are we going to get out of this contract? And Kyle goes out and hands them a, an excuse on a silver platter. So now they can go to Chip and go, hey, listen, we're out. You know what I mean? So now Chip's only move is, you know, I got to get rid of this guy. I got to tell these sponsors, listen, here, we're, you know, we're going to take a hard line on this. I'm going to have to file, fire Kyle. And, and that's his only recourse to, to try and save his company, save his sponsors to keep the sponsors in house, to, to keep the doors of that 42 car open. And we talked about, it's not just Kyle Larson. Like when Kyle Larson loses his job, all the, you know, you know, I don't, he doesn't have a plane, I don't think, but, you know, people that drives motorhome, you know, this guy's out of a job now. Um, you know, these people are, there's a lot of people dependent on Kyle Larson. There's even more people dependent on Chip Ganassi. You know, you got that entire 42 team that if, if he just says, all right, you know, I'm going to stand by Kyle Larson and we don't have any sponsors, I'm going to do this out of pocket. And now I can run a half a year and all right, I'm out of money. We got to shut this deal down. You know what I mean? So, so Chip Ganassi had no choice whatsoever, but to get rid of Kyle Larson and now try to save this 42 with whoever he's going to put in it. Um, I think I, I, there's a lot of options. I don't know. What, what do you think, Brett, about you know just turning around? Man, I'm going to tell you what I'd do. You just said Kyle Larson's 42 team about three times. The first thing I would do is change car number. There's no way I would take that race car with that car number back to the racetrack because fans are still going to equate that as Kyle Larson's car. I mean, how many years has he been in that car? You know, and how, how many years have those sponsors been on that car? So I'm going to not only worry about Kyle Larson rebranding himself, if I'm Chip Ganassi Racing, I'm going to rebrand my team, and I'm going to start over with a different car number. You know, they used to run the 40 with Sterling Marlin uh, back in the day. So I, I'm going to go back to numbers that I can have some heritage with, and I'm going to go get a new driver, and I'm going to put a guy in that car that I can kind of start over with, hit the reset button here four races into the season. And I think Freddie uh, certainly brought up a lot of good points. But I think, man, when, when, when I heard this happen on Sunday night, uh, my phone went off and said, man, you need to you need to look at what Kyle Larson just did. And and I was like, I was, I was sitting there playing Xbox with Bodie. And I, I didn't look. I, I text Freddie and I said, what happened? He sent me the link. My heart broke, man. It broke for it, it broke for NASCAR. It broke for the team. It broke for Kyle. It broke for his family. And it broke for Adam, his shot guy. It broke for Chad, his crew chief. Uh, there's a lot of guys on, on at Chip Ganassi Racing that could, to Freddie's point, have potentially lost their job if Chip doesn't take the right steps. And when you see sponsors abandoning Kyle Larson 
Chip had no choice but to abandon him too. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a really hard time for our sport. It, it affects a lot of people. Uh, my phone rang off the hook. What's Ross Chastain going to do? Is he getting in the car? You know, the sponsor that I work with, Nutrinac Solutions, they want to know what's going on with it. So it impacts a lot more people than, than what everybody, I think, realizes. Yeah, I think uh, I think everything was handled swiftly, and and Chip didn't have any any option. And I think he I think they all handled it very well to keep their company uh, running and in, in in good shape there. But you know the door the door closed on Kyle Larson. The door is getting ready to open for somebody else, and this is an opportunity for them to start. You know who knows, man? Who knows? Gonna somebody might get in that car, and Kyle Larson's super talented. But this is an opportunity for somebody, and they're not going to put somebody that can't possibly win races in that car. This is an opportunity to go out there, get a young guy that's up and coming, and put him in that car. You got Kurt, who's a past champion, uh, great mentor right now, I think. I think Kurt, you can learn a lot from Kurt Busch right now. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for somebody, whoever they're going to pick to put in that car. I think it could... uh, I think it could turn a negative in, uh, you know, this, this is an opportunity to, to redo it, you know, and you got no choice, but this is an opportunity for somebody to get in there and win races. It's a great, if I'm, if I, if I'm Chip Ganassi and I'm handed this crisis, I have three things that I have to get done. Number one, I have to solve the problem. He did that. He fired Kyle Larson. Number two is I have to keep the lights on through the end of the year because my charter is worth millions of dollars. And in order to do that, I have to fill this car every single week. And in order to do that, I have, I have I need sponsors every single week. And then beyond that is 2021 plus, right? I got to figure out how to retain the sponsorship for then and beyond. Like if I'm looking at this thing, TJ wants to go out and win races. I, I respect that. We're, we're a racing organization, right? But we're also a marketing arm. If I'm Chip Ganassi, I want to keep my sponsors. So I have to look at all scenarios. It's Jamie McMurray. He already has a relationship with all those sponsors. It's Juan Montoya, a guy you could put in at road courses and be a global, uh, recognized globally, right? It's it's a guy like Ross Chastain that won at Daytona last year. He could go run a plate race for you. Like, I don't know that there's one driver that can fix this problem. And maybe there is. Maybe he thinks he can run for a championship with his 42 team, and he thinks he can go out and win races and be a playoff contender. I don't think that's what he needs to be thinking about. I think he's got to figure out, how do I keep my business afloat through this debacle that I got handed to me, which is yeah, a hell of a tall order? I don't winning see races, any, winning races will keep it afloat. I don't see any way. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't see any way that that car races for a championship this year. I mean, people talked about Ross because you know Ross is instantly eligible for. He's linked. Be, he's linked be, to that organization. Be, he's already linked there, and he's been he's been in all the Cup races this year already, so he's eligible to continue. But he still has to restart at zero. Like he has no points right now. So you're not going to point your way in from zero starting now. You'd have to win a race. I don't, I don't see them winning a race. If they do win a race, you're not winning the championship, in my opinion. I don't think so. I, you know, I, I see a lot of people go, you know, that's the obvious choice because because that's the guy that can win you a championship this year. I don't think Ross Chastain is one ready to win a cup championship, and two would be in position to win one. Without, Ross is a rookie, uh, man. Ross has got all these starts in Cup, but Ross has never had starts in quality equipment. He would come yeah. into this a rookie in the Cup Series. And Ross is a great choice because, A, he's not going to tear up a lot of cars. B, he's going to give you 100%. C, we know he's super talented. He's going to work hard. He's going to race you hard. A lot of positives around that. But is he the guy that's going to – the sponsors are going to jump up and down about? That's the question. And if so, man, he's your guy. you got to tag him and go with him. My thing is – 
outside of 2017 when Kyle Larson got hot and won a lot of races, this organization hasn't produced a lot of wins. So all of a sudden, you think they're going to put somebody in it that's better than Kyle Larson to go win races? Who the hell is that? Is it Kyle Busch? You're not going to get him. Is it Jimmy Johnson? He's retiring. Like, there's not a lot of guys who, okay, let's put Christopher Bell in it. Well, guess what? He's under contract, and he's not set to going to set the world on fire either. Because guess why? Because he's a rookie. Like it's 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 going to be a really hard formula that Chip has to figure out. And if I had all the answers, man, I'd tell him what they are. But I don't know because I want this guy to succeed. The last thing that we need is another young car owner to go out of business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, though, you're going to have to. I think it's an opportunity then for them to take the rest of this year and put somebody in it that you know can be competitive they're not going to be it's going to be hard to put somebody in there that's going to win races and be competitive every single week but there's people out there that can be competitive at certain tracks and keep your keep your car on the map there and i think that's what they need to do and then um and build for next year you know there's going to be we got free agents next year we got drivers moving around we got up and coming drivers uh a lot of options still for him for them to look at jamie mcmurray you guys you'll remember this how often did jamie mcmurray change lanes at talladega in one lap uh, 75 yeah <laughs> the reason was he knew that was a place where he could get his sponsors on tv he could be competitive and he could be relevant and and i think that's what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to look at who can i get to appease my sponsors and who can i get to keep me relevant it's it's a uh, if we knew the answer we would tell this guy who to hire but we don't know man it's a uh, but the good news is he doesn't have to be in a hurry we got six weeks probably four weeks five weeks six weeks before we go back racing Six you hear my, can you hear my wife digging through the freezer? No. Michigan deer that. meat? No, no, we don't have deer meat here. You think it's going to be six weeks? I think, best case scenario, we go back race in the middle of May. I think realistic which, scenario which is, is, which is three weeks. weeks. Uh, <laughs> four weeks. I think realistic scenario is Memorial Day weekend. And I pray we go back racing at someday in May. I don't care which day. What is OfferPad? Well, put simply, we're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern home selling solution with a personalized human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. We buy your home from you so you can move forward the moment you're ready. We've had the pleasure of helping thousands of happy home sellers, and we'd love to help you. Getting started is easy. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. Why is Offer pad the better way because we give you what traditional selling can't certainty and control selling to offer pad means no showings you pick your closing day and we'll even move you locally for free we have a 94 percent satisfaction score and a a plus bbb rating for a reason it truly is a better way so start thinking about where you want to live next get excited about making that move with offer pad you're sold go to offerpad.com and request your free purchase offer today offer pad move freely Spot on, spot on, spot off. Spot off on the Spot off. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. All right, spot on, spot off. First topic all around coronavirus updates. 
NASCAR postpones Martinsville and considers running races without fans once they're allowed to race again. NASCAR talking with NC officials to get shop members deemed essential so they can return to work to prep cars. And several unseat state senators called for governor to amend the executive order to allow the Coke 600 to run as scheduled without fans. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, spot on. They're taking the actions they need to take. Uh, they don't really have a choice in some of these. Like they didn't have a choice in Martinsville because of the, they, then they banned the, the, then the, yeah. the, um, the Stay state put a ban on. Yeah. So they don't have a choice. So NASCAR is reacting to what, you know, what cars they're dealt. They don't have a choice in it. Um, and I think, uh, I think they need to give whenever they decide when we're going to start, they, we have to have a couple weeks in the shop to prepare for it, get things back rolling again. Um, we need time. We need to get, we need a couple, couple weeks in the shop to get the cars prepared for the, cause when we start back racing, we've seen the, we've seen the schedules come out. We are going to be nonstop. So we're going to need some time. These guys are going to be working hard in the shop. Um, and we're going to be working hard. We're going to be traveling a lot. We're going to be on roofs a lot. Um, you know, so, I think uh, I'm spot on. I think they're doing what they can do, um, and you know they're work. They're obviously working with the state to try to get things done. So they're not coming out saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing." But I think they're taking the right actions by, "Hey, let's talk to the state. Let's see if we can get this worked out. See if it's going to be time. If the numbers are lower, and we can get some testing in place to to make sure we're ready for that." Um, I, I think they're doing good. Yeah, I mean, spot off for the fact we're not going to have any fans. Obviously, the fans are what, what makes it great. You know, we, we love seeing all, you know, I think last year we saw every week the three of us would get somebody, at least one person, say, hey, what's up, guys? Love the show, whatever. So, obviously, we love the fans. Spot on for racing. I think we're dying for it right now. Um, this iRacing deal is kind of starting to lose its luster a little bit. Even Brett talked about, you know, you know, the, the, I think a lot of the negativity around it has kind of pushed people away, and, and it's, it's not new anymore. It's kind of lost its allure. Um, so let's get some real racing back on TV. Uh, as far as the shop goes, I mean, I've heard some people say that they need, I think me and Brett talked about it. Um, like owners are talking about 10 days in the shop. They need to be ready for a race. I bet you if they said there was a race on Wednesday, everybody would be there. You know what I mean? So uh, obviously, you know, best case scenario, you want as much time as possible, but if we're going to go back racing, let's go back racing. Like get, a get, Get in the shop, get a car ready. Let's go. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it is what it is. Let's get the hell out there and start racing. Um, and as far as, you know, uh, the governors and stuff, we see Florida opening up. The biggest thing is don't be stupid. You know, like if, if we're going to do this social distancing stuff, you know, take it right, do it right. Um, but there was something else I want to say and I forgot all about it. But just that that's the biggest thing is, you know. Don't be gonna, stupid. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen like. Um, sounds like we're not going to run Sonoma. So whatever it is, like however this schedule has to work, I've heard rumors about maybe we run two, you know, we run the week before Charlotte at Homestead and we run two races to make up for Sonoma. Like what, it's going to be a case by case basis with the states and when they're willing to open up and what they're willing to do about gatherings. So, you know, if we can't go certain places, yeah, let's dub, just double up somewhere and run as much as possible. But let, let's just get back out there and get back to work.
I think we run Sonoma. I think we run all the races. I think that we have to run all the races because we have sponsorship that's in place. Sonoma's a key market uh, for a lot of people. You know, for Nutrinac Solutions, obviously they aren't in the Cup Series, but we sell a lot of specialty products there. I mean, look at the great business out there, right? So I think that uh, I think we run all the races. I pray that we get back going in May. I'm spot on for what the government's trying to do to get us back going. You know, look at Martinsville. It got postponed because of a government decision. As of right now, North Carolina reopens at the end of the month. Freddie said our owners need 10 days to get going. Well, we got all those things in place. So I I think the key is, here's the biggest question. How quick can we go back racing and how few people can we take? Fans are 100% not going to be there when we turn the lights back on, period. Period. They're not going to be there at all. There's going to be zero fans there. I don't think you see our PR people necessary. No. Or media people necessary. I hate to say it. No. Broadcast is necessary because we got to televise this thing. You can go race with a crew chief, an engineer, two mechanics, and a spotter. We literally may only see five guys show up per team at the racetrack. That's the question is, we're going to go back to the track with a skeleton crew. How many? How few people can we do that with, TJ? Man, I don't know. I, I do think, you know, they. I do think they're going to do a lot of media stuff through – teleconferences and stuff like that um you know which is what's is manageable um, here's, the, here's, here's the thing too tj if you and i fly down there we can fly down there on a private airplane media can't do that they're gonna have to go through a commercial terminal they're gonna have to probably yeah. stay at a hotel they're gonna have to go to enterprise rental car terminal they're gonna have to do all these yeah. things to engage people me yeah, and you sure. don't have to do that if we go racing because no. we have private airplanes I still think you, um, you know, to go put on a best the best race. I think you could, you know, you could trip it down two or three guys and no media people really, even even PR people on our side. Um, maybe one 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 person dedicated to making sure all the all the stuff set up for the drivers to be able to do their their conferences and stuff. You know, somebody to have that all set up and um, ready to go, but. You know, we can we can go and do these things with, you know, a few less people. I, I You know, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard to put on the racing that we do, um, you know, if you trim down the crews too much more. But, you know, there's obviously everybody's making sacrifices now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll make decisions on that in the weeks. Do you want to go back racing? Do you want to go back racing, Freddie, and, and, and do it the yeah. right way? Or do you want to go back racing just to go back racing and we I do think, it however we got to do it? I think you're going back with skeleton crew. I think no pit, you're not going to have a pit crew. You're gonna if we're limiting the amount of practice, if we're gonna have one session where it's a practice qualifying session, you don't need the the road guys. You, you don't need. I mean, you obviously need a couple of them, but you're not making change. You know, you're not gonna make wholesale changes in in a thirty minute you know qualifying slash practice session. You know, so it is what it is. You know, you're gonna unload. You're gonna go through tech. If I mean, even if they go through tech, who knows what they bring for officials? Um, you know, you got to have some kind of tech, but it might not be as scrutinous as it was before. Um, even the broadcast, we've seen them do the broadcasts at some of these Xfinity races from the Fox studio. So now you don't even have to have them guys, you know, the, the, the personalities on TV don't have to be there. So you could just send a, a truck with, you know, whoever the cameraman and whatever it takes to put on the dark, but doesn't even have, you can cut that crew down. I think it's going to be, we don't have to have three guys in a booth this big. You're right. Yeah. Like, like, so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, you can cut back on every aspect of it this, to a skeleton crew. And, and just get out there and get a race on, which I think is the biggest thing we need to worry about right now. Okay. 
Dave Moody reported several high-profile team owners told NASCAR they would leave if they didn't restrict the next-gen car. Spot on, spot off. Freddie. Spot off. Um, you should, uh, this is probably not the greatest wording because my car owner might call me. Richard might be. But you can't let the clowns run the circus. Um you know, these guys, they, they were right in this situation. And I think it would maybe more, I would imagine it was more OEM manufacturers pushing this than the car owners themselves because of, you know, the way the, the, the stuff broke down after the announcement. But I, I don't think you could have the people that are involved in the sport telling the sanctioning body what to do. You know, it's just the sanctioning body, I've heard, uh, you know, like they need to be able to make, make rules, make decisions and, and stick to their decisions and not be affected by what the people that are competing in their sport Think about, you know, the 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 baseball player can't go out there and say, I don't think this guy should be able to throw a 90 mile an hour fastball at me. Like so, you know, I I just don't think you should be able to let the people that run that participate in your sport tell you what to do. I think uh, I'm uh, I think it's the correct call, man. You you spot on. You had we're not we can't with all the racing we're going to be doing and focus we're going to be on the rest of this year. We don't these teams aren't a lot of these teams aren't going to have the manpower to get these cars right you know and these this cars isn't even done yet it's still work in progress and we're not even able to work on it right now so they're not even they're not able to even work on it right now so why rush it if this is going to be the next gen car it needs to be right it needs to be it needs to be right for everybody and everybody needs to have the right amount of you know the right resources and stuff to put into it and this is all pushing that way back this isn't like this isn't like just changing us you know the, the the tail clip of the car or something like that this is a whole new car and there's a lot going into it and i would rather we don't we don't need to come out and make a bunch of adjustments to this car we need it to be right out of the box the first time and i think that's more important this gives them more time to get more things right about it and and obviously they you know there was talk about not having it was going to be hard to get supplies for it and stuff now we have time to build that inventory up once they decide about it and, and we have time to do that stuff so i think it's the right call and i'm spot on for it I, I'm not saying it's definitely the right call. We've talked about that on here the, before that they made the right decision. But the the question is, should it be like the owners are the ones that just like told them this? Like that that's not in my opinion that's not that's what's not right. But about. the owners are telling them that for a certain reason. They're not telling them that for their own good. They're telling them that because they can't. This is a big decision. Oh, and I understand that. This has and to be if extremely you if you own a team and you don't have the resources to put into that car to get it to make it right when you go to the next year you're not going to want to do it and apparently it's not just one team it's numerous teams that were in that boat so i think oh, uh if it's one guy standing up saying hey i don't want to do it but if you have numerous people from big teams saying hey we just can't do this this isn't good there's i, I don't know all the ins and outs of it or what all it really takes to do it but obviously there was a obviously there was some concern from the car from the team you know the owners and stuff that they didn't want to do it so Dave Moody has two jobs. One of them is he's a turn announcer for MRN, and he does a fantastic job at that. The other one is he's a journalist during the week on Sirius Radio and on his Twitter. And as a journalist, him and Ricky Craven make me want to vomit. So I'm spot off on anything this guy reports. <laughs> okay, <And> then. <laughs> there we go. Let's see who's Xfinity Fast as we head into Xfinity Fast Lane. Just a reminder on the rules, I'll give you guys six questions to answer and you'll have 10 seconds to respond. So remember, quick, y'all talk too much. 
First question, the 2021 NASCAR Hall of Fame class nominee list has been released. Which three people should be inducted next? How about you, Brett? Why'd I have to go first? I got, uh, man, I'm a huge Neil Bonnet fan. So I say that only from my heart. I can't say it from statistics. Um, I got to go with with Dale Jr. Because he's the biggest influencer we had since Dale Earnhardt lost his life in 2001. Not because he won two championships in the the Bush Series. Not because he won 15 most popular drivers. This guy was a marketing icon and will always be. And regardless of what you guys think, I'm sorry, I think marketing matters. And then the other one, man, Harry Gant. Harry Gant won five races in a row. That was like 30 seconds. Sorry. Freddie, go. Mike Stefanik, Mike Stefanik, Mike Stefanik. Only nine-time champion on the board. Uh, Also, the quote my buddy uh, Scott Tapley, it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Stats. Dale Jr. is the most famous guy we ever had. Dale dang, Jr. Dang, that's 10. That's 11. And You're out. Suitcase Jake Elder. TJ. Uh, I got to pick. Uh, I got hate to do this, but Mike Joy Stefanik's. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Mike, and Ryan Blaney. Mike Stefanik's record is his stats are amazing. And uh, also as an ambassador of the sport and his track record is not too bad either, I got to go with Dale Jr. as well. Next question. Which driver do you think Ganassi should choose to take over the 42 car? How about you, TJ? Uh, me. Um, I'll drive it. No problem. Call me. And not. Brett. <laughs> I would pick Juan Montoya. Oh. All right, Freddie. Uh, Brett Moffat. I said last week he should be the he should be the guy that gets shot. Brett Moffat. I'll go Nobody's back. Nobody's ever heard of Brett Moffat. No. Well, he can't, Fred. Well, anyway, he's got two broke legs. I want him. I just want him to get in there, and they could they could do a P, good PR move and put Bubba in there for 2021. We just need a seat filler for a couple months. <laughs> I think Jamie McMurray would be a, a good choice if he'd come back and do it. After Larson was rumored as a candidate to replace Jimmy Johnson in 2021, who do you think is now the front-running candidate to take over the 48? Freddie. Brad Keselowski. TJ. Man, I gotta go with. I got to go with, um, I don't know. It's hard to, you know, looking at lists of free agents, it's hard to look for a guy that that I think fits the Hendrick mold. Ding. Um, is, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, well, you need to provide an answer. So, ready, set, go. Me. Done. Brett. <laughs> Tyler Reddick. Interesting. Hey, you know Rick Hendrick's got a lot of money. He can go get whoever he wants. He stole Jeff Gordon. And hey, listen to me. Tyler Reddick came through his little thing with Junior Motorsports. Like, Tyler Reddick's a badass. If I was going to hire somebody to take Jimmy Johnson's spot that is an unproven cup driver, I'm going to get Tyler Reddick. So this is a rumor. This is no facts around it. Rumor. It's not a rumor. I mean, you just this asked is me a, a question. You asked me who opinion. do I think should get in the 48. And I said your Tyler opinion. Reddick. All right, yeah. done. So let me ask you this. Do you think... Pending that happens, do you think Chase Haley is ready, ready to be the, you know, the senior guy of the group and the mentor for them guys? Do you think he's ready to do that? TJ, for two years, he's been the fastest over there. I agree. I mean, like, like lights out. He's the only guy that can consistently run in the top five, consistently challenge to win a race. So I think he's. do I think he's ready to be the senior guy? From a personality standpoint, I don't know him well enough to tell you yes, but from a performance standpoint, yes, he's ready. Yeah. That could be a good group of drivers, whoever fills that seat. 
Question number four. ESPN began airing a documentary about Michael Jordan and the 1997-98 Chicago Bills on Sunday night. If NASCAR were to make a 10-episode documentary about one season, which year should it be? Brett. Ooh, so many good years to pick from. (laughs) There Um, are. Uh, I got to go 99 when Dale Earnhardt finally won a Daytona 500 or 2001. That was 98. Uh, Sorry, 98 when Dale Earnhardt won a a Daytona 500 um, or 2001 when he he ultimately lost his life. I would think those are the two years that would potentially tell uh, the biggest and best stories about NASCAR. Freddie. Uh, Whoa. Sorry. I'd like to see uh, like 2005 championship run with Tony and and Laura Edwards kind of behind the scenes there that'd be awesome especially Tony's side of it uh looking at like events that happened that year it'd be hard to pass 2001 there's so many things that happened that year uh from the beginning of the year to the to the the first month of that season so crazy and then even we get to July as well huge moment for the sport man I don't know uh I don't know if there's even a that's just that, that year is on, you know, just crazy even on, with moments. Even more than that, like you go Rockingham, the DER car wins. The week after that, Harvick wins in, in Dale's car. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that what the first month. Then you get to July, though, man. That that win, you can't, you could have scripted it better than what happened that race. And, and then, you know, Michael having that run, Michael pushing Dale Jr. across the line, just like Dale Jr. pushed Michael. And just, then, just, then the, to, just, just, just remembering being on the roof. Dude. On lap three of every single race, and everybody in the grandstands stood up and held up yeah. three fingers. Three for Dale on chills, lap three. Man. I can't tell you guys how many weeks in a row we had a caution on lap three. Like, Dale Earnhardt lost his life, and then for whatever reason, lap three, we'd have a caution. And it was a legitimate caution. Like, and, and you're literally standing, man, you're getting chills on the roof. Like, yeah. there's, there's so many stories we tell on here. We try to keep them as positive, as fun as we can. Um, obviously, that was a, a terrible time for our sport. Uh, I mean, Dell Jr. was projected into in, in fame. I mean, we went, to, uh, we went to Daytona in 2002, and Dell Jr. rented a big house down there by that lighthouse. What's that area called, TJ? Is it Ponce Inlet or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Dell Jr. rented a nine-bedroom house down there, and we literally went down there for 10 days. They had that big legacy concert. Um, Dell Jr. couldn't even go to Steak and Shake. He walked into Steak and Shake. Everybody got on their phone, the employees and the customers calling, saying, man, Dell Jr.'s here. We had to leave Steak and Shake. We went to ride go-karts. We couldn't ride go-karts because Dell Jr. was there. Like, he was Elvis during that time, and it was because of what 2001, like, boosted him in to be like, you can't. Uh, being a part like you looking back at that, that and I mean it's hard to believe that was freaking 20 years ago I can't believe yeah. I'm that old but like looking back at that man that year was insane like the, the yeah. emotional roller coaster we were on because of losing Dale Earnhardt you know what I think one of the coolest things about that was just even was Michael just pulling his car up next to him in the grass and everybody being out there and them two standing on that car that was a totally unplanned moment um, you know the only you know, I kind of had a little bit of a moment, not as big as that one, um, spotted for Jeff when he drove the 88 at Indy, and him and Tony did them laps around the race, uh, around the track, totally unplanned. Um, he'd come on the radio and said, hey, go ask the spotter if he'll do this with me after the race. Um, many don't really remember it, but that's one thing that I always remember, that I was spotting for Jeff that race and got to watch them laps that these two Hall of Famers made around the track together their last time there. 
since NASCAR would have been headed to Talladega this weekend, name your favorite Dega moment as a spotter as well as your scariest. TJ. Uh, favorite moment is obviously winning there. Uh, one there with Joey, one there with, um, one there with Dale Jr. numerous times, Regan Smith. Um, scariest moment, uh, Rex on the backstretch, man. Um, when your guy, you know, it's probably going to be Brett's scariest moment rolling down the backstretch here in turn three. I don't think any of us will ever forget that. But just minding your own business, just you never know what's happening when they wreck out there. Dell Jr. disappeared out of my view one time because the steering wheel came off there, and that that uh, that scared me. Brett. Yeah, um, to TJ's point, 100%, man, watching Elliot flip down the backstretch there. Dell Jr. kind of made a move. He juked him. And Elliot reacted, and when Elliot reacted, he clipped Kurt Busch's front of his car, and Elliot went but just end over, end over, end over. I think it was 13 barrel rolls is what he ended up doing. Scared the living out of me. Uh, he had to be helicoptered to Birmingham that night, and, uh, man, the whole scenario was scary. But to TJ's point, I've been uh, been fortunate to win a lot of Xfinity races there uh, with, with a several, several different guys and also a cup race there. Uh, with Burton and Boyer when we did the tandem thing. I finished second and third way too many times in the Cup Series to even talk about, but uh, that is just such a special place for spotters. Yeah, no, I haven't had any success there. My, my favorite part was trying to get Trevor to curse when uh, Trevor Bain to get, say a curse word for the first time in his life when Harvick wrecked us. Didn't work. He said, gosh dang it or something. Uh, scariest moment? I haven't had any more scary moments there. Maybe this one time I thought a sniper took out our buddy Roman, but it turned out he was okay. All right, off the wall question. Three individuals are believed to have broken the transcontinental record driving from NYC to Redondo Beach, California in 26 hours and 38 minutes. If you were to attempt to break this record, which two people would you bring with you? Freddie. First guy I would bring with me is Mike Herman Jr., spotter for uh, Chris Busher, because this son can drive forever. We drove from, I forget, it's like 12 hours one day, no stop, never stopped one time from back from an ARCA race. Um, I think it was Winchester or Springfield somewhere. Um, and since Herm's going to drive, I'll just bring Brett. We'll sit in the back and get drunk and, and let Herm enjoy the whole thing. Have at it, Herm. Uh, I would bring Earl Barbin, and I would bring uh, – I need another fast driver, so I need somebody that's going to get after it. And I, I'd bring Tyler Green maybe. Uh, I'd bring Earl strictly for – Entertainment, and if you get pulled over, the um, the odds of him getting you out of the ticket are probably pretty high. So uh, I would definitely. And Earl, uh, it's pretty good with snacks. Brett, I got to go with Will Artiburn. He's my driver. <laughs> Will. Uh, plus, we could just tell Will stories the whole way there. My other guy, I'm going to go with. Y'all are going to be jealous when I say his name, Henry Benfield. <laughs> my man ran moonshine for junior johnson he drove motorhomes for everybody in the garage i haven't seen henry around lately uh but henry is a legend in nascar henry Talk is a about legend. telling stories i remember walking by this guy's hotel room when i was at the wood brothers and this was in you know like 99 2000 and henry is standing there with his hotel door wide open he's he he looked he's looked like he was 75 since the day i met him he still looks like he's 75 he's like kenny rogers kenny rogers looked 50 his whole life so i'm standing there i walk by this guy's hotel room casey he's standing there in his whitey tighties brushing his hair and if you've ever seen henry benfield he's got a beautiful white. set of hair yeah the old white haired guy yeah i think we figured out i'm xfinity fast in today's xfinity fast lane segment take that brett
We should show them how fast you are playing shortstop these days out there with Bodie. Uh, now that you guys have all been stuck at home for a few weeks and realize you need faster internet, Xfinity can hook you up with internet as fast as this segment was. Yeah, and don't forget to follow Xfinity Racing uh, on social media for behind-the-scenes racing coverage. Casey, did they let you run their social media account ever? Uh, I When I'm at the track, on occasion I have, yeah. You have the password to that? Uh, I might. It might still can be I, up. Can I borrow it? Because I could send some really fun photos from the racetrack from their social media account. <sighs> Why don't you send them to me? I talk to the social guy every day. I'm not sending them to you. I want to I wanna run their account because I'm fast. Their account's fast. You need to let me run their social media for a day. Yeah, we would need to censor everything. That's all right. You can censor it. Yeah, good I luck. Think, I don't think he could be trusted. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Man, we got some great news here, Door Bumper Clear fans. There's a new line of Dirty Mo merchandise available now for you to buy and sport the Dirty Mo brand. That's right. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com, select the Dirty Mo Media gear tab, and when you check out, use code DBC10, DBC10 to get 10% off your order. Get your gear now. Did you get that tattoo that everybody got in the brand? When, when I, Dirty Mo came out, there was this Dirty Mo posse, there's all this DMP. Like, did you get the tattoo? I did not. I uh, watched it. I could smell the skin burning, and I'm not. Doing How many it. guys do you think got that brand? Four or five. Yeah. Josh. Maybe. Did Josh Schneider get it? Yeah. The Josh is the worst one. Mitch Lash. Josh is the worst one because they did it once and they thought they didn't do it good enough, so they heated it back up. Oh, and they did branded it him twice. Right over the old one, and you could smell it, and it was the worst thing ever. So I didn't do it. Oh, I don't blame you. Not doing it. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. First question is from DKalen18. How come TJ gets all the virtual spotting jobs on NASCAR Heat and iRacing? Have they ever asked you to do it, Brett or Freddie? Brett did it, I think, right? You, you did NASCAR Heat, didn't you? Well, I did NASCAR Heat, the video game, as a actual talking about. spotter. Um I am not going to be an actual virtual spotter. Mark Smith with Fox called me like week two of the broadcast and was like, hey, we want you to spot for Clint this week. I was like, no, I saw how bad he sucks. I don't want any part of that. Um, virtual spotting is not for Brett Griffin. I'm sorry. I mean, I've, I've had people ask. I don't, Bubba's never asked me. I don't think Bubba cares if he's a spotter or not. I've had a couple people ask. Donnie Leah, something about a truck race the other day. Jimmy Blewett asked me a couple times. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Why do you say ask that way? The word uh-huh. ask. There's no uh-huh. X in the word ask. That's exactly ask. what I was just wondering. That's the it's way it ask. is. Uh-huh. It's A-S-K, not A-X-E. Ask. Or A-X. Ask. Ask. Let me ask you something. No, it's hey. ask. Okay. No problem. Hillbilly. The only, uh, I've gotten asked to do it a bunch. Um, ask. You got asked to do it? I got asked to do it a bunch. I've actually, uh, man, I've been doing some IndyCar stuff, and it is nuts, man. When we run, like, Michigan and stuff in the IndyCar, dude, you want to talk about our races can be hectic, but you know how we can see these big runs coming. Imagine that run coming about ten times faster than what it happens in our series at a big track like that. We, uh, I've done Michigan. You're giving me Texas. chills. Dude, Texas, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> and they don't – there is no lifting. It's – I've no, got to run. These guys are crazy, man. They're sitting I've in their basements. Run. And I'm taking it. Like, I'm going no matter what. Uh, I've got – this is going to bring up my rant when we're done, so. Hey, TJ, when um, 
Where do you spot from? Like, what is there a camera like on the spotter stand? What do you? I don't know. How does that work? No, Joey's house. So, yeah, <laughs> you can log in there and you can basically put the camera wherever you want. You can follow the car above it, behind it. You know, move it back as close as you want. Um, it's cool because you know how whenever we get damaged and stuff in the real in the real race, it'll be like, oh, we got a, a couple laps later. You're like, ah, pictures don't show anything. They they get pictures of it. I can literally click a button and change the camera on the car real quick, and I can look at the right side of the car and be like, nah, you're good, you're good. Um, but you can, when I do the IndyCar stuff, I do it from the helicopter view or the blimp view, and I zoom in or out because those guys, they come with a run from about three miles back in about four seconds. And Michigan's it's only so a two-mile racetrack. Yeah, well, it seems like, <laughs> it seems, seems it's a fast, down. man. Yes. I will say I watched the IndyCar race and uh, the announcers gave you guys gave you some really good credit. So you're clearly very well. liked. This is going to be my rant. It's just the only one they know. (laughs) Yeah, probably. No, I'll tell you this, man. Everybody, you can see who's logged in as spotters. All these guys like it's every week. There's more and more real people in there. You've got your engineer for your IndyCar deal doing fuel mileage stuff. You've got the spotter. Oh, my God, Uh, dude. Earl, people Earl, called me, Earl, Earl called me yesterday. He he must have did it yesterday for Jimmy. He was trying so to figure out. So I didn't stuff. see Earl's name in there. I'm, I did see a name that was in there. It was like it was like Hall of Fame. Um, Hall of, Somebody's dogs barking. Hall Not of Fame mine spotter. this time. Tamala, stop barking. Oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can see who's in there, and I didn't see Earl, but there was a name under Jimmy that was like uh, Chippendale. Hall of Famer or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> that's definitely Earl. So, no stats under that name either. But uh, I'm yeah. glad Earl was there, so Jimmy couldn't blame the virtual spotter anymore. Last question is from PJ Reed eight nineteen. With all the intentional wrecking going on in the Pro Invitational, what's your favorite real racing payback of all time, Brett? <laughs> Well, I got one that was kind of funny, and the one that I thought was awesome. The funny one was um, Elliot was a bunch of laps down at Richmond, and Kyle Busch, uh, it was Kyle's first or second year in Cup, and Kyle kind of bumped Elliot getting into the corner to like move him out of the way, basically say, hey, I'm on, I'm on lead lap, get out of the way. The next corner, Elliot just absolutely KO'd him, turned him around, and I was like, hey, what was that for? He's like, tell him don't ever touch my race car again. I was like, well, damn, look at you being tough. But my favorite one was uh, Ryan Newman wrecked Dale Jarrett at Bristol. And I walked down to Bob Jeffrey, and I'm like, hey, DJ, say anything right there? And he said, nope. I was like, well, we know what that means. The next time that Ryan came around Dale Jarrett, DJ turned him head on. See you later, Newman. Uh, hello, Newman. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite payback that I've ever seen. But, I mean, I, I relate this to personal relationships, not like the best payback I've ever seen because that goes to Matt Kenseth. One hundred percent. I was going to say Matt Kenseth, Rick, and Joey. Now TJ cannot con- contractually. Agree I wasn't to this working one, there. But, I wasn't uh, working there with him yet. So, <laughs> uh, we all, but yeah, we that all was saw obviously that coming. <laughs> oh yeah, the, that was obviously the best one. My favorite one was obviously last year. Um, we sent some M and M cars spinning the wrong way down the straightaway at Watkins Glen. That was pretty fun. <laughs> and I, uh, my hand still hurts from the high fives I got that day. So we were we were leading the Night Richmond race a handful of years. I don't know what year it was now. It's been so long ago. With Dale I'm assuming Jarrett. this is with Dale. Yeah. Yeah, and Kyle, you can't. It's super hard to pass on the bottom. We go into turn three. Kyle gets a little loose, catches it, but he clips our bumper when he catches it and just wrecks us. 
Uh, I think Clint ends up winning the race from third. But that was uh, very um, – I was so angry after that after that race. But the next race or the a race or two later, we run Kyle down. We're going to turn one, and I don't think Dudger meant to do it. But we clipped Kyle, and he just turned him into turn one. And most of the time I'm like, oh, man, I was um, pretty much celebrating right then as well as probably most of the NASCAR fans at that point that – you know, it felt like a little bit of payback, even though it wasn't. You never, I don't know. Do you ever really feel like you get just, you know, you can justify a guy taking I bet a win Matt from Kenseth you? Matt Kenseth did. Yeah, Ooh. Matt probably did. But, um, <laughs> How about a dumb Brian Francis? He suspends a guy for two weeks after that. What are you well, thinking? My favorite, one of my, so me, I'm spotting this race for Tyler Reddick in the truck series. And we were racing uh, Herman Kuroga. Is that his name? Yes. What yeah. idiot that guy was. And, he would just throttle up out of the dog leg and run out. He run us right into the wall. So what was his get, name? Uh, I think Herm, Herm was spotting for him. I think when yeah, he did. We called, we, it was Herm and Herm. Who? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So we, he runs into the wall and next time he comes around and he passes us out of the dog leg, Tyler never says a thing. Kind of like what, what Del Jarrett did. Tyler never got mad on radio, never said a thing. Next time her mom was, uh, passing us on the inside out of the short shoot there. I look over there and he's turned right head on into the wall. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Then Tyler went across about three different lanes to get to that right rear quarter panel. And, and, uh, I guess in his way, handle business and the truck got, have you, have you ever been mad after getting wrecked? Like not you personally driving, but as a spotter, like have you ever been really pissed off? Oh, we all get mad when we get wrecked. If you, especially if you feel like it's unjustified, you know, guys are going to mess up once in a while. But you always, you never like being wrecked. I'm sure Hirschman was, you know, really happy that he watched Freddie's car destroy his at the end of the front stretch at Watkins Glen. <laughs> oh, we didn't destroy it. We just spun him out. Yeah, that was payback. I know. The maddest I got was that day when Har- I was spotting for Trevor and Harvick needed, remember that, the uh, Talladega, and Harvick was going to miss the chase, and he wrecked yeah. us as soon as like, he, he comes. was running on four cylinders and just wrecked us and wrecked half the field, so he, he made the chase by a point, bastard. I was mad at Kyle Busch. He wrecked Elliott in a truck at Bristol. Um, man, Jesus, probably like 07, 08. I wanted to kill Kyle Busch. I was so pissed off because he literally did it on purpose. We cleared him and we chopped him. You know, I mean, it was by an inch, but nonetheless, we got clear off two. Boom, we took it. Next corner, he dumped us. I wanted to absolutely kick his ass. Be careful yeah. what you say around Kyle, around uh, Jason with Kyle. No, no, yeah, no. Not That's that all going to get cut out. The other time I was mad... <laughs> Mark Martin wrecked us in New Hampshire. Um, they were they were checking up, getting into three, and I was literally on the radio. We were going checking up, checking up down here, checking up. Be easy. Mark Martin comes in there and knocks the rear clip off our car, turns us backwards into the wall. This was 05 because we made the inaugural chase in 04. This put us out of the freaking playoff. And I walked down to his spotter and I was like, "What in the f- are you looking at? Were you not telling him we were checking up?" And a guy just Who looks at it? me with that stare. Uh, Eddie something. Pardon. He looks at me like this, like, oh, was I supposed to tell him something? I'm like, you dumbass, you just tore my car up. I went nuts. So right around, I think, 04, uh, Mark Martin ran into the back of us at Texas when I spotted for Sterling. We lifted for a wreck. Kenny Schrader blew a tire out of four and hit the wall with the right front. We checked up. Mark never checked up, and we got run over. And then Slugger Labby decided to cuss me out. It, it was I've talked about it a little bit before. He cussed me out for probably – Almost two minutes straight. It was long enough that I could walk over. I walked over to Clayton Hughes, 
a couple other guys. I'm like, hey, switch over to my channel. Listen to this. And it was just him going off on me for about two minutes. Clayton Hughes took his headset off, and he, he, he takes it off, and he's like – and he has a real – he has a real – like. Actually, he's like, if I were you, I'll go down there and quit right now. Like, it, like it was that. It was bad. So, I waited till Monday to go in there, and I was quitting on Monday because I couldn't handle it anymore. I wasn't dealing with that, and uh, I got talked into staying. Slugger has that effect on people. He does. But the next thing about it is, like, you can see him ten minutes after the race, be like, "Hey, man, you want to go get a beer?" Yeah. And you're like, "Dude, I want to fight you right now. I don't want to go <laughs> get a beer with you." <laughs> I wouldn't recommend fighting him either. No, he's pretty strong. <laughs> uh, next. Who gets a shirt? Well, who gets a shirt? There's only. Give them both a shirt. Yeah. All right, you both get a shirt. Brett. Holla. Welcome to Doorbumper Clears 2020 NASCAR Draft. Since the NFL Draft is this week, we figured we'd have some fun with a draft of our own. I'm your commissioner, Casey Boat, and today's draft will consist of four rounds. Drivers up for the selection have been divided into four age groups, 40 plus, 30 to 39, 21 to 29, and 20 and under. Each round will feature a different age group. So we'll have the uh, guys draft their drivers, and then afterwards we'll post on Twitter for fans to decide whose team is the best. So whose four-person, four-driver team is the best and can go compete and win some races. So let's go to the first round. Who's the dumbass that put Angela Ruck's name in here? <laughs> <laughs> who, who? Jason, did you put Angela Ruck in here? Yeah. 100% he did. What the Wasting, <laughs> wasting our Ruck. time. Wasting right. our time. Just in case. Round one. Instead of saying what the no, we'll just say what the ruck. (laughs) (laughs) Be nice. I'm being nice. The guys will draft drivers aged 40 and under in round one. 40 and over. With the first pick of the 2020 NASCAR draft, Freddie selects. I mean, we talking about right now. Like this is their their right now. You're gonna pick a guy yes. right now. You're gonna have. You're starting right next race. Pressure is on. Harvick. I'll take Kevin Harvick. Brett. I want my team to be called Team Fun. So I am <laughs> only gonna draft people that I think are gonna be fun. Cause I want to have fun. Boys <laughs> just want to have fun. I got Clint Boyer because I know he's fun. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Jimmy Johnson. Round two, the guys will draft drivers age. <sighs> Who picked 30. these people? You will you stop talking, Jason? He was very these hard are on all, it. These are drivers in NASCAR. <laughs> Brett's up. Brett, Freddie, and them. And uh, no, I go first. No, yeah. I want to be on. All right, look, I want to be team fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. The guys will draft drivers aged 30 to 39 in round two. With the next pick of the 2020 NASCAR draft, TJ selects. I will take Denny Hamlin. I'll take Kyle Busch, my bad. I was right. gonna pick I was gonna pick Angela Ruck, but I guess I guess if I had to choose right now, I'd go Denny Hamlin over her slightly. So right. on team on team fun. There's two guys. That, first of all, this group doesn't even look fun. There ain't a name <laughs> on here that looks fun. But I tell you, one guy in there that's a lot of fun, but you but, don't know. Him. But Mark Truex Jr. used to know how to f- have fun. TJ can attest to that. He's a closet have fun guy. Denny Hamlin knows how to have fun, but he hangs out with 
some guys that, man, I don't know if I can roll with them. I don't think I got enough money. So Grant Enfinger, I heard, is a partier. He's an Alabama guy. Uh, Stuart Friesen, he's a partier. He's a dirt track partier. He's a dirt track racer. I'm going to go with Stuart Friesen. He's on Team Fun. That's a partier, let me tell you. <laughs> He'd right. give Clint a run. Round three. The guys will draft drivers aged 21 to 29 in round three. With the next pick of the 2020 NASCAR draft, Brett selects. Not Joey, no fun Logano. He's the first guy on this list. Uh, man, Eric Jones. I heard he likes to get after it. He's my guy, Eric Jones. TJ. I'm team win, so I'm going to go with Joey. Ready? I'm a man of the people, so I'm taking Chase Elliott, people's champ. All right, round four. The guys will draft drivers aged under 20. Hey, hello. We're, we're picking people under 20? Yes, all the people that is on the paper <laughs> you that you are looking at. You got to guess who's going to be team fun. <laughs> I actually know one person, and Freddie, you probably know him too. You that can't say that. I know. That's why I'm not saying anything. All right. <laughs> Round four, the guys will draft drivers aged under 20. With the next pick of the 2020 NASCAR draft, Freddie selects. Uh, just knowing a lot about short track racing, this guy is probably the next big thing, I think. Don't you Chandler know Smith. Yeah. Uh, jerk. Am I going <laughs> next? I don't know. Brett. Man, this guy's name sounds fun, Jagger Jones. But there's no way that somebody under 20 can keep up with us. And this is going to rattle some cages, but somebody's going to have to clean up all the mess we're going to make. Haley Deegan, she's in. She's last. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to go with that. Uh, Christian Eckes. Christian Eckes. There you have it. 2020 NASCAR draft. We'll post it this week, and then fans can tell us which team, which spotter drafted the best team. Now, a recap of the teams. Freddie drafted Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Chandler Smith. TJ drafted Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, and Christian Eckes. And Brett drafted Clint Boyer, Stuart Friesen, Eric Jones, and Haley Deegan. So tweet us and let us know who did best. All right. All right, rant. TJ, I know you had one, so go for oh, it. Oh, my rant. So I'm spotting that IndyCar race. You know, we uh, we ran two practice races, one on Thursday, one on Friday, and then uh, a couple other practice sessions. Like, we put a lot of time into this, um, f- you know, working on qualifying, qualifying good, doing fuel mileage stuff, and we uh, did some pit strategy in the race to get up. We gained a spot. We, were, we started, like, fell back to, like, sixth or eighth on the start, Started working our way back up, did a little pit strategy, got to second after the pit stop, uh, racing willpower for the lead. And we had some guys that stretched it really long to try to get the caution so they could get back in contention. And didn't work out. So with 10 to go, we run willpower down. We got a lap car behind us with new tires. We get a run on wheel down this back stretch at Motegi. It's like a it's like a loud and it's like a big gateway. Um one sweeping corner, real big sweeping corner at one end, tight corner at the other end. But we get a big run on Will Power. We, we go to the outside of Will, and that's the preferred line. He Will blocks the bottom, we go, and you can pin a guy down and beat him off the corner. Well, this lapper on new tires, running 24th place, decides to shoot to the bottom when we're too wide and try to pass us all. And uh, kind, 
kind of misses the bottom a little bit. Him and Will make contact. Will comes up and hits us and shoots us into the outside wall. Um, and really, like, what point does so essentially sense- essentially you're describing Joey Logano at Dover last year? No, when you hold your position, that's different. The guy's making a pass, and the leaders are side by side. So a lap car pissed you off, is what you're saying in a video game? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted TJ's to call bonus. TJ's bonus. God, I'll be glad when this quarantine's over. I got well. You put all that time into it, and you got a guy that's like, when you, if you're if you put that time into it, you're running for racing for the lead. Doesn't matter what you're in. We're all competitive. If you're racing for the lead, no matter what it is, and somebody comes along and just wrecks you, to cleans you out. You know, hey, there's this new thing you can do, and it's it's, it's called it's a no. two syllable word. It's called outside. No. Why don't no. you go outside and do something fun? I go Congress, outside. De-stress. I'm outside every evening, every day with my girls. I got plenty of Casey time Casey ain't outside. been outside all year. Look how white she looks. <laughs> right, I feel like true. I've gotten a little bit tanner. It's working on Casey, you look like Casper. I tell you, <laughs> you what's cool is I, ghost. I have a, I bought my, I bought some mountain, not mountain bikes, but like road mountain bikes a couple a few years ago. I use mine quite a bit because I put a little seat on the front of it for Stella and we ride around all the time. My daughter rides hers. Madeline rides hers all the time. Well, my wife's has been hanging on the wall for about two, three years. I mean, to the point where the tires are flat. You can see it sitting there. And here, uh, the thing probably has about 15 miles on it here in the last few weeks. So that's pretty good. 15 miles. I rode that one day. Yeah. Well, we get, you know, um, the soreness you get when you ride for the first time. It butt hurts. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. It broke his ass again. No, I, I'm going to tell you what. My broke ass still hurts on that. I got a broke ass, literally. <laughs> what a show. All yeah. right. Well, I think we've talked about enough today. So yeah. thank you guys all for listening. Hope y'all are hanging in there. And as always, please help us out by sharing the link to the show on social media. And send your thoughts, leaves ratings, tons of reviews on yeah. Apple Podcasts. Good reviews, only the, good reviews. Keep sending the Twitter questions, too, because we get a lot of questions every week, and there, uh, there's a lot of good ones in there. So yeah, I'm going to go back and answer some today, I think. If I you're going crazy, you're not alone, because I'm going crazy with you. This is driving me crazy. Imagine Dude, you were crazy his poor wife. Before this. I try to. Somebody take I a picture to, of Casey. But problem is, TJ, like I try to live a sarcastic life. I try to live a fun life. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm exhausted right now. Like, I can't find that energy to do that right now. I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure well, out who you pissed off this show because last show was the teachers. You got bombarded by teachers on Twitter. I got bombarded because I called iRacing in a video game. So, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I like, I like Maybe it. we should have a... Uh, the teachers at my school still suck. Hey, my girls on FaceTime like 15 minutes a day. These teachers, I don't know what they get. Man. Look, here's the thing. I'm just playing, people. It's sarcasm, Casey. Quit rolling your eyes at me. I can see you right now. <laughs> I think uh, maybe we should get, maybe we should have a random spotter or two join us for a couple minutes each show so we can ask them what they're up to. Like get like Monez out there, there in California. A- well, uh, Monez ain't doing nothing. You know, the only guy that might actually be doing something is crazy because crazy's driving trucks for harris yeah he is he is i've talked to him a couple times he's he's working but maybe we should maybe we should check in with a couple of them randomly out of nowhere just call them yeah hey put this on your phone we're gonna call you (laughs) we'll put in the group me everybody's got to download zoom what could go wrong (laughs) all right i think we're uh done for today casey what are you craving to eat this week 
Um, that island looks a little narrow, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, really want arepas. What? Uh-huh. What the hell did you call me? A rabbit food? <laughs> no, it's like a Hispanic a- food. Yeah. What is it called? I don't know. I had it growing up. I don't know why. That's been my craving. I still always want what? pizza. Yeah, yeah, when you say like it again, corn, I've never heard it's like a word. A corn, corn tortilla. I don't thing. need you to tell me what's in it. What's it called? Can I you use it really in a sentence? American though. Arepas? What is it? Arepas. It's You've like, seen them, Brett. It's like a corn tortilla thing. What's she call you? <laughs> okay. Careful, you can't say that. Well, oh my god. How about like potatoes. chicken wings, pizza, baked potato? Yeah, there you go. This yep, is better. Baked now. potatoes, Maybe. pizza. Um, I still struggle with eating eggs. <laughs> Uh, brownies. I've made brownies every single, every, if I run out what of a batch, of I make more regular yeah. brownies. What kind of brownies you eat? They regular moist? Regular brownies. <sighs> yes. Y'all the first people I've seen in two weeks. I'm sorry, I don't want to let y'all go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's any other fans that want to talk to Brett, just tweet him. I'm sure he'll call you. Just yeah. don't send out my number. Y'all FaceTime me. <laughs> I need to see some new people. All right, guys, as always, thanks for listening and have a great week. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.